From the moment you hear his voice, you know they're going to be problems. audiences with a unique style has been of rocket humor since the 90s, right? With her tongue-in-cheek, she's been exploring some topics of the dynamics of the male-female relationships, or as past, we call them here in the studio, dirty thoughts, and the proliferation of the sensual feminist. She's a little firecracker rolled up, and that's why I love her, and that's why you're going to love listening. So tune in, all right? Welcome to another fun-filled episode of Beauty and the Beast. My beautiful little princess of doom, Felicia Michaels. My uh, king of all sweet knees. You have the sweetest knees. I swear to God. Thank when you, you thank wear you, shorts like you. that, and and you're not hairy. I like that. No, I don't. You. I lost my hair at a young age. I, I I had an injury and I put tape on my legs, and the fucking hair never grew back. Like I really? shaved. To, <laughs> yeah, because you have to put like you have to shave your legs to put tape on them or right. something. And I shaved them, and for years I walked around with like a patch of hair and then no hair. So wow. finally when I was like 19, I had a friend's suggestion at the beach. He goes, just fucking shave them. And I shaved them, nothing came back. Really? So yeah, I only got a few hairs here I and there, know. you know what I'm saying? So I'm hairier than you. Hey, what are you going to do, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's sexy at some point. What's going on in your world? Oh my God, I am going to be honest with you. I'm a little sore. My activity partner has been uh, full of activity All right. and hijinks. When was the last and, time you seen him? Uh, la- yesterday, yesterday. Oh shit, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah, so. Felicia, I'm- while you're sleeping, Felicia's creeping, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? She's like Snoop Dogg <laughs> in 94. Unbelievable, you don't even see it. You just <laughs> shot down there, gave the poor guy a stabbing. Oh my and God. And came back and it's over the long shit. stabbing. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. look it. You look very I'm beautiful. I'm exhausted, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 it happens sometimes. Love is a very splendid thing. Yeah. And What's pe- the most time you've ever made a girl uh, come to fruition? We Two minutes. Say. No, how many times? Two minutes. No, how many times? What, have you made, made a girl, girl come? Yeah. I don't fucking know, Felicia. Maybe oh, once or twice. Oh, give me a fucking I break. You totally count, guys. No, count, no, 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 no. You know, I counted when I was in my fucking 20s. After that, you don't care. You just count your years and waiting to die. You know what I'm saying? Oh, my God. You That's come, I you. come. We go to bed. We fool around in an hour. We eat some strawberries and we're back. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> strawberries always do it for me. You That's feed some. your woman strawberries? I don't feed her none. She got dirty fingers. Feed yourself. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> No, I don't know. I, I just, uh, I don't know. I've always been like, after a while that you do it and you can't come, I just get off. Like, like what the fuck? I'm going to sit here for three hours and do this and keep pumping and shit. I'll give you a little back room. Let's call it even, you know? Really? I don't know. I don't remember this shit, you know? Really? Yeah, it's kind of weird. It's kind. I told you, man. When it comes to that shit, I talk a lot of big game. Right. But I'm kind of a fucking prude. It's like something that I put in the back burner. And I, and I never figured out why I'm yeah. such a fucking prude with it right. because when I was a kid growing up like when I first came here from Cuba my mom didn't have a husband and like two nights a week my mom my mom had the bar and she would have a party with these hot women over the house and that always stayed with me and these six women would come over and they were all hot Cuban there was one that was a Cuban Chinese woman and they would all come over and play cards and dominoes and drink and smoke dope and do powder and change clothes and talk Yeah. and they talk and I listened to that talk and it used to drive me fucking crazy. You know, like I just, not that it drove me, like I liked it, but I didn't. It was like a, it was like a sweet taboo. Like they would talk about sex and how the one lady would say that her husband would fall asleep eating her pussy. Just, and I was really? like, I still remember that shit. <laughs> and I still remember them going eating like they, in, in Spanish, mamando papaya. That's how you say eating my pussy. Say that again? Mamando me la papaya. You know what I'm saying? Mamando, why a papaya is pussy? That's how they refer to it in Cuba. Really? Cuban as women your ref- papaya? Yeah, they refer to well, it as Cuba. My papaya is very sore. Well, all right then. <laughs> <laughs> you should have wrote that in your Spanish notebook that you lost at USC. You know what I'm saying? Your papaya is very sore. My papaya is very tender today. <laughs> <clears throat> it's amazing the different land, but you know, Cubans call it, Puerto Ricans call it chocha. You know, shit like that. But What's Cuba, a chocha? That's a pussy, the Puerto Ricans. Oh, I thought maybe it was like some nah. exotic fruit. Chocha sounds like a, like something with a lot of hair and mountains and shit. I like that chocha. Yeah. That's how you're supposed to say it. You know what I'm saying? La chocha. Mamma la chocha. chocha. But Cuba's saying, mamma la chocha. I shouldn't have taught you that. Your activity partner's going to be eating pussy with a dictionary next week. You know what I'm saying? I'll be like, you know my papaya. La papaya. Spank my chocha. Spank it. 
feel like Gene Pompa. Cha-cha. Cha-cha. I'm telling you, that's the, so papaya. And they would say all this shit, Felicia. And I would sit there like blown away. You know, I like, don't understand why they would call a vagina a papaya. It's that's like this like, over, you know, not, you know, huge fruit. It seems like. It's a sweet know. fruit. Oh. Forget the hugeness. You know what I'm saying? The hugeness is in the eyes of the beholder. Right. You know what I'm saying? You ever put a little cherry in your mouth and you're like, this motherfucker's sweeter than, damn! Yeah. But it's a little cherry. Don't well, have a lot of how do you say cherry in Cuban? Uh, I have cherry. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? What is it, Sesame Street all of a well, sudden? I want to know. <laughs> no, no. A lot of women call it, like in the, in the street lingo, they call it la papaya. You know what I'm saying? A pa- la papaya? La papaya. They la refer papaya. to it as la papaya. And these women would talk about this shit in front of me. And I would have to tell my mom, like, mom, knock it off. But on the other hand, I liked it. Because I would go out into the streets and know about la papaya and all this shit. And kids would say, wow, wow, you're ahead of the game. You know what I'm saying? But it's so weird how, I don't know, like sex with me is, I don't know. It's terrible because I'm not really like, uh, you know what I'm saying? I'm a piece of ass, but not really. Right. You know, I'm like, I'm into Eight times. Eight times. Like I'm really. Eight times. What's that? My papaya had a good time. Eight times. Eight times. You came eight times, eight times last eight night? Eight times. You orgasm eight times? Yes. You had to eat two fucking double-doubles Dude, to replenish I was a raisin me. afterwards. I was so yeah, dehydrated. You had, to, you had to replenish with fucking Gatoroid. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's not normal. Eight times, right? Yeah, I think they better check you for steroid use. I think, <laughs> I think your monkey's high and the testosterone levels. I, I, how long did eight times take? It takes about uh, six hours. Six fucking hours. Yeah. That's like 50 Weight Watcher points. This week was weird. I had a, a weird week because I grew up with this kid that I met early on in my life. Fucking funny, Felicia. Off the cuff, hysterical. I mean... And, and, and I was going through some hard times after my mom passed as a kid. And it was like, he was a Richard Pryor arm in your pocket. Uh-huh. And he never did drugs growing up. And then one day, his junior year, he's like, give me that joint. And he's like, I like this shit. You know? And then he's like, let me try that white powder. And he did it, and, and he went nuts. And he'd go to work. He was a longshoreman. And he lived with his family. And his family was just as hysterical. You know, his dad was a longshoreman slash bookie. The mother's name was Janet, and the kid would call her Janet from yeah. another planet. The grandmother <laughs> would drink Budweiser's, and instead of throwing the can away, she would squish him at the table. Right. And she had, like, a lump on her back. And it was just endless. I, I, I can't tell you the, how much fun this guy was. I mean, and I seen his addiction grow, and he, uh, he couldn't talk. They used to call him wallpaper. He'd buy an eight ball, do two lines, and then... Uh, give the coke away, and my friends would call him wallpaper, so at the end of the night, they'd draw like a sign on him. Hi, my name is Roger. I live on 149 Gray Street. I need a cab. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I'm not fucking kidding you. They put him in Dunkin' Donuts and have a cab drive him home and shit. So uh, I always kept in touch with him. He was one of the kids early on that really helped me. He's the one I told you about that he would go to hookers and they'd jerk him off with his feet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and stuff like that, you know? <laughs> you know, that's just one thing I can't even imagine. First of all, the skills you have to have as a hooker to be able to jerk someone off with your feet. But think I mean, of you where... would think your left foot would get a little fucking tired. You know no, but I mean? Roger wasn't going over to like, you know, like an ext- expensive escort he was getting like black hookers off the street on one well, and nine I know, but they've going, been on their feet their no feet shit and he's like are rough but it's think like about they could somebody probably comes sand to you. Uh, you know what i mean wood you know oh but think of somebody comes to you and go listen feet. man i don't want my dick suck i don't want it around the world i don't want a piece of ass i want you to jerk you off jerk me off with your feet yeah think crazy. of how fucking crazy that that's is you know crazy. so you know he got his life together and all this stuff and monday i try to call all my buddies early in the morning that's what keeps me grounded when I wouldn't talk to my buddies at home long distance, I would get crazy, L.A. crazy. But talking to them, it really keeps me afloat. It really right. lets me know I'm in touch. And I called him. I woke up early Monday to write the blog, and I called him up. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about my day, and I really didn't have much on the plate. And all of a sudden, he tells me he's got to drive his wife to chemo. Oh. You know, and I mean, I know this kid. And, 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 and he said to me, i got to drive my wife to chemo. And I go, are you taking a day off? And he goes, yeah, I'm taking a couple days off. And then he goes, but I'm taking a whole week off when she has to go for bone marrow. Uh-huh. And I'm sitting there, and I, and, I, and I tried to make a joke. Like, I'm like, hey, Roger, blah, 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 blah. I tried to make a joke, and we both giggled. Right. We were talking about one time, me and him were at Corky's Bar and Grill, and his brother came and left the hazards on it. We were all coked up. And Roger came out and seen the hazards. He's like, hey, Timmy, what, the circus is in town? Turn those fucking lights <laughs> off. And we're howling, you know, in the middle of all this yelling and screaming. 
And I was thinking about it, and I told him when we left, and I got off the phone with Felicia, and it just, it's like from my stomach, a big tear came out because I couldn't imagine what he was going through. I, yeah. I couldn't even imagine. I, looked, I went right in the room and looked at Terry and touched her leg and ran the fuck out of there, you know, right. before she seen me cry. And it was just really weird that I know this kid. I know what this kid's about. I know his fucking genes. I know everything about him. Right. I mean, I seen him one New Year's. He fought Danny Bianculo to the death. And Danny Bianculo was beating the fuck out of this kid. This kid was covered in blood, and he kept saying, after we'd break him up, Danny's like, Coco, I don't want to fight him no more. And he, Roger would come up to him and go, Danny, I'm sorry, you won, but your mother still sucks dick. Let's do this again. You know how they had to break the fight? How? He had to bite his fucking ear off. We drove to his house with a baggie with ice in it, <laughs> with his ear, with a towel, and he was driving with his fucking, he wasn't driving, he was in the passenger seat right. with the baggie in his ear, wow. and, a, and with a towel on the other thing, saying that he was going to go home, take a nap, eat, and go back and fight Danny Bianculo again the next day. Wow. This is the train of thought he was. And we're in the car going, forget it. They took him to the hospital. They sewed back his ear or whatever. And I'm thinking about how much of a fighter he is. Now he's got to go through this with his wife. And uh, it, it was the gift of laughter came into me. When I made him laugh, I got off the phone. You ever get on stage? You've been doing it fucking 20 years. Yeah. You're a master. You ever get off stage and somebody comes up to you and shakes your hand and goes, you know what? I really needed this laugh. I had a rough uh, week. Oh, my God. the biggest compliment you know what i mean but i didn't understand that for years you forget yes you forget when you're in the midst of the grind like how it really matters to people uh to be able to take a little uh, vacation from their lives and that's what comedy is my god and i would look at people and go are you retarded me talking about eating ass is taking you away right and i would always look at people kind of weird and i didn't know what they were going through i'm i don't, I, I don't i'm not very empathetic at times and this, that day, that morning, it hit me because I made him laugh. Yeah. And I got off the phone. I'm like, you know, when somebody lends you money or something or somebody gives you a ride and you always feel guilty they gave you that ride, but you always have the opportunity eight years later they get a flat and you get a chance to pull them over and repay right. that. Like after 20 fucking years, I got a chance to repay him for all the laughter he made me. And I called him this morning and we laughed about something. Coco! Because he always says my name. Really fucking weird. How I did got, you get the name Coco? When I was uh, young, as I am now, still... I was very white, so my dad called me Coco because I was white like the inside of a coconut. Oh. And I hated that name for years. I hated it. I hated it. I hated it growing up. My dad gave me that name before he died. He died when I was three. Yeah. By the time I was five, my mom would say Coco, and I would say, shh, don't let these fucking people know that's what you call me. You know what I'm saying? But then she started calling me Jose, which is even worse. So I said, all right, go back to Coco. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went to Tony. Because my oh, middle really? name is Antonio. Right. So I even had a ring that said Tony. I went to Tony for a couple of years to like wow, the fifth you, grade. You so don't look like a Tony to me. No. And then I just said, fuck it. I'll just go with yeah. Jose Antonio, my slave By the way, name. my papaya just agreed with that. What's that? <laughs> you don't look like <laughs> a Tony. Let's take a breather. We'll be right back <laughs> with Beauty and the Beast podcast. Hey, listen. Felicia, tell these people we can get a lot of emails. Give a shout out to your little dog here. He fucking loves you. Saw dog or something like that. I forget. Oh, what. really? Yes. Yeah, well, thank you. you. I know people have been emailing us. I actually went yesterday and uh, returned a lot of emails, and we appreciate that. And if you guys want to email us, you can email us at beautyandthebeastpodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And uh, it's, it's so nice to just randomly go on your email and someone's like, hey, we're kind of digging what you do. You know, a uh, shout out from Australia. And you're like, wow, cool. We were sitting outside talking about threesomes. Yes. And that you had never had a threesome. I've never done a threesome. Did you want to? I mean, You know what? I think it's kind of one of those things where you got to check it off the list. I With think. another chick and a guy or two guys? Oh, it'd have to be another chick. Yeah, for sure. Now, you would swap spit with the other chick and eat her little papaya? or Depend I don't know. I've never been with another girl. I mean, I think it would be interesting to try. It would have to be a girl that... Look like a dude. <laughs> no, wait a minute. Not a girl that looks like a dude, but a girl that looked like a young teenage boy. One time I was at Z Gallery, and there was this young girl, and she's like 24, 25, and she was helping me. And, uh, and she looked kind of teenage boy, boyish-like, you know, but in a really cute way. And I thought to myself, if I was going to do that, that's who I would do it with. So 
Really? Yeah, and I had also once a very sexual dream about Salma Hayek, but I think that's kind of normal. Oh, Salma and Hayek in that one movie when oh, she comes yeah. out and makes George yeah. Clooney drink the champagne off her toes. And let me tell you, let me tell you, in my dream about Salma Hayek, her papaya was trimmed beautifully. Yeah, she's, she's, she's <laughs> and it woke me up. Body. I was like, this this papaya looks beautiful. And no, then I woke up. What's that movie she made with Chris Rock and, and Ben Affleck where they played the, the saints and about God and she was a stripper? Oh, it's, uh, uh, wasn't it a Kevin Smith Yeah, did you film? see her body in that? Oh, yeah, she's She's gorgeous. solid, she's yeah. solid, she's solid. Salma Hayek yeah. is beautiful. Yeah. She's got cute little toes. I seen her at the Yeah, it'd be a dark-haired girl if I... Really? Yeah, Look at that. Yeah. So yeah. you do have, like, you have thought about it and considered it, whatever. I, I would like to try it. I don't think I'm a lesbian by any means, but I would like to, uh, just to try it, just to see, you know, yeah. I, uh, uh, have never, had never had a threesome. I never really? even thought about it. Really? And I was in Miami, summer of 98 and 99. And in Miami at the time, they would book features for two-week slots. Uh-huh. Because why fly them down there for one week? There's nothing else going on, so they just book you for two weeks. And it was fun for me. At the time, I was a fucking addict in Miami, and I knew Colombians, and I had family down there. But uh, that's like the third time, he kept booking me. He would book me and then call me like a month later, and I'd go down, and there'd be a cancellation. I ended up staying for three weeks. Joe Chadwick really liked me, the manager at the time. And Miami was in the Coconut Grove, and there was chicks and shit. And this one night, this girl comes up to me after a show with a guy, and she says, you were very funny, blah, blah, You made me laugh, whatever. Two nights later, she's there again with another broad. Not a guy this time, with a broad. And they're talking to me. No, we came to see you again. Oh, my God. And this girl was pretty hot. She was like a, a, a what they call now a MILF. She was very professional and had glasses and blonde uh -huh. hair and she had fake gorgeous tits and the whole package. And I didn't think nothing of it. I was not in her league, you know, whatever. So I'm talking about all drugs on stage, whatever, and sure enough, she's there with her fucking brother. It's the third time in a week. Right. It's Friday night now, it was a different headliner, so I go, do you come here often? She goes, I come here all the time, but I really like you and I really come to see you. When are you here again? I go, next week, okay, I'll come again. Guys, I don't think nothing of it. I'm not that type of person. I went home and did drugs, and I was happy anyway. Right. <laughs> that Monday or Tuesday is black night down there. It's urban night. Right. And I would, they would pay you to come in. I, I do the urban night. And when I get there, the girl goes, they call. Some people call to see if you were going to be on stage tonight. And I go, really? That's fucking crazy. I get on stage. I get off. It's the chick. Hotter than hell. Mini skirt. Drinking this time. Glasses. Blonde hair. Hotter than fuck. And she's got this other chick that's just as fat as I am at the time. Right. Huge, you know, uh, just chunkier, but Cuban girl, whatever. And we start talking after the show, blah, 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 and they start talking about Coke, if you want to go get it. And I go, yeah, and the one hot girl drove me, and the chubby girl was in the car behind us. Right. I'm, again, I'm not thinking. Hot girl always gets the lead car. I'm not thinking nothing of it. You know, right. I'm not thinking nothing of it. We're driving, blah, blah, blah. We go pick up the blow. We go to her house. She lives in a penthouse right off the beach in North Miami. Wow. And in her fucking, where we pull up, there's like three different cars. There's like a Mercedes and something else. Right. And, and I'm not looking at this. I think she's got a boyfriend. There's always a by the way. Right, right, yeah. We go upstairs. She's got the fucking refrigerator with that Dom Perignon in there. And we're fucking out there just drinking, drinking. Next thing you know, her and Chubby Checker start swapping spit. <laughs> right in fucking front of me. Start swapping spit. I'm coked up. I'm mummified. I'm in heaven. She's got coke everywhere. This chick had little packages everywhere. I'm in fucking heaven. And, and they're swapping spit, and next thing you know, they disappear for like 10 minutes, and they come out into the living room. The chubby chick is completely naked, and the other chick's got a leather top uh -huh. and no bottoms. Right. Beautiful body, and she's swapping spit, and they got dildos and all this shit. And I'm sitting Holy there. Shit. I'm not even looking. I'm doing blow because I think this is going to end. You know, they're going to think I'm throwing me out any minute now. I'm just a fat guy sweating here in the corner. <laughs> And I, and I know I got dead dick. You know, it's not going to work. So they, they, they got no use for me. I'm just sitting there fucking drooling on myself, watching Conan O'Brien. Yeah, at this point, you're like, I'll have to use my nose. And they're like, oh, please. And they're like, get in on this. And I'm like, no, that's okay. Next time. You know, like, somebody's like, are you hungry? I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm not hungry. They're like, come on, take your clothes off. And I'm like, no. Really? Yeah, they're like, come on, get in on this. But the hot, hot girl had a problem. She had a string coming out. She had a period which really made me no reason to get in there now. Right, I'm like, what am I right. going to do? I got dead dick. What am I going to do? Swap spit with this fucking cocaine, Budweiser breath? Right. You know? I'm like, no. And she's like, come on, you better get in here. 
So they come over and they take my shirt off and I'm fucking dying inside. I'm embarrassed. I'm dying. I haven't taken a shower, you know, like since 8 o'clock. So I did a right, show and my right. balls are sweaty and I'm all panicking. Oh, no. And next thing you know, I'm in there with both of these chicks swapping spit. They're trying to get my dick hard. And I am dying inside. And I'm starting to like it. But the chick that I really want to bang yeah. has got a period. And she's like, you know, doing all this shit with her tits and stuff. The other one's like, get a condom on. The chubby one. And I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> so I go in. I'm trying to put this condom on this dead Cuban uncircumcised dick. It was basically <laughs> like... By that point, it was just with a, holes on the top of it. Oh yeah! By that point, no, no. By that point, the fucking turtleneck had gone in. That the turtle head right. had got in. The only thing that was out was the flap, the the skin. Oh, my so I had God. to put the condom over the flap. They're trying to get it hard. I'm trying oh, to get it hard God. in my mind. I can't do it. I'm going through condoms because I'm getting like half a fucking load, and like it would get my dick would get hard, and it would just go, and a little bit of cum would come out. And they just look at me like, "What's up, chubby?" And I'm like, <laughs> "I'm like, listen, let me go take a shower." Because I'm sweaty and I'm, I'm insecure right now. Can I go take a shower? And they're like, fine. I'm doing blow. I go in the shower. And I'm, what I'm in there doing is washing my pussy and trying to get my dick hard. I'm fucking doing everything. I'm <laughs> fantasizing. I'm thinking of fucking old scenarios. And finally, I get it halfway hard and I run out of there. And I go out and the chubby chick is waiting for me. And again, it just fucking dies. And finally, the two chicks go in the bedroom and I'm out there like a coke fiend that I am, just doing their blow, it, the, the sun's coming up. The chubby chick comes up about like six, walks out of the room and she's like, I have to go to work, I'm a school teacher. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? And she goes, it was great, we had a great time. Like two hours ago, she was hating on me right. because I couldn't get dead dick. So I knew something was going on. So now is my chance with the hot chick. Fuck it, I'm going to go eat that period pussy. I'm coked up, I'm evil. Oh, you know God. what I'm saying? You're getting all evil and shit, your jaw's going... I go in there and I start to bang her. Like, I finally get a heart on and I put the condom on and she's hot. And Chubby Checker walks back and starts yelling at me. You motherfucker. I fucking knew you didn't want to fuck me. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so then she throws her out of the house and I, I went past out to like one of the girls drives me to the hotel or the condo where I was staying. And then she goes, I'll call you later. Sure enough, she calls later. She comes over and the whole week we had sex. Oh, she was really? very hot, very beautiful. I found out that her dad was the biggest distributor for Porsches in oh, the country, wow. in the world. Like yeah. this guy, get, he gets Porsches for all those, those cars that they can't get, like they make 50 of. Right. He buys them and then he sells them. Right. And this chick was just spoiled rotten. Her job was at the Audi dealership, right. one of his dealerships. So I'm there, I'm getting ready to leave Sunday night. And this night, the bitch shows up with an engagement ring on like a ring on the left hand. Right. And we go to the news cafe and we're eating. And she goes, listen, I got to tell you something. After today, it's over. In other words, you were my activity partner for the week. It's right. over. She goes, I'm getting married in two weeks. Get the fuck out of yeah. here. Yeah, she goes, I'm getting married to the right. weatherman on, in Miami. And I know, and everybody would talk about this The guy. weatherman. <laughs> she was marrying the fucking weatherman. But he, this is very interesting. Throughout this whole thing, like she was banging me that week. Guess who her booty call was? What? For years. I mean, I seen the pictures and everything. David Lee Roth. Oh, really? Was her one. He went to Miami. He belonged to, like, they were like an item in Miami oh, for years. Really? She showed me the magazine pictures. Pretty hot girl. And I called like a year afterwards. She was married and was pregnant. But it was amazing. She had drawers filled with those dildos. And, oh, really? And that was my one threesome story. It was the most embarrassing night of my life. Yeah. And then at the end, the girl broke my heart. I, I wasn't really in love with it. I knew what it was about. But it was right. kind of weird. Like, some people tell you something different. I don't like you. You're too fat. This, that. You don't have a job. But to say, oh, by the way. I, no, that, that's what she said. It. She goes, I wish you were here. Because we're having like a formal a week before. And I'd like for you to come. So wait a second. I had a threesome with you. And then fucked you all week. And now you want me to go to your formal, whatever, and meet your husband. Like, they're having like a, for people to meet the couple. I don't know. Oh, they had a lot of money, God. so. But that's that my threesome crazy. story. And I never wanted to have a threesome after that. It was horrible. I think threesomes must end horribly, most of them, right? Because I had a friend, uh, and he was an older gentleman, and uh, he, he was very adventurous. And he told me this story once, how he uh, met these two chicks, and then he had a threesome. And he was like, you know, late 50s. And that one of them got really jealous and then ran away and cried somewhere in the Hollywood Hills and that they had to get in their car and go look her, you know, search for her. And I just laughed so hard when he told me that. So it's got to be very open. Both chicks have to be very cool, you know. Yeah, that's like, why how does it work? Like, Well, it's like the same thing. Let's say you're dating a guy. Right. Let's say you're dating a guy. You've been with him for three years. 
and all of a sudden one day one of your girls come up, comes over to have a few glasses of wine and you end up fucking all three years. You know what I'm saying? Well, in the morning, I don't care who you are and I don't care how self-confident you are and who you are, you're going to th- sit there in bed like you usually do when you wake up in a fucking haze with a weird taste in your mouth and there's a body laying next to you. You ask yeah. yourself, what really happened last night? <laughs> and in that, you start thinking about right. the scenarios and you're like, you know what? Like a woman, a natural woman, not even a jealous woman, would say, fuck, he was kissing her more than he was kissing me. When he was fucking me, he was rubbing her. And then it's going to start the doubts about, well, you like my girlfriend now. Yeah, I guess there has to be rules. Well, the rule is, I'll tell you what the best rule is. Is there a, a secret is. guy rule? Yeah, okay. not, not a secret guy rule. I think what would, the only way it would work a threesome and wouldn't blow up, it's like an activity partner in a way. Right. How many times have you been involved with an activity partner? And one day you go over and he says, hey, by the way, do you want to get married? And you're like, this is an activity. Right. And all of a sudden there's feelings that are hurt. The same thing must happen with the threesome. You know, at one point when you keep doing threesome, somebody's going to say, hey, where are we going with this? I brought you into this, and look what it's becoming. In the, in, in the original, it was me and you as a couple. Right. So I think the best way to do a threesome is just let it happen. Like if you go out to a bar and there's two crazy chicks or whatever, and you go home and fuck or something, that's the yeah. only way a threesome will work because eventually somebody's feelings would get hurt. Eventually if you say, hey, uh, I can never do a threesome with two guys in the broad because I knew I wouldn't be sexually adequate to, to compete with the other guy, especially if your fucking sexual partner was in the room. He'd be banging <laughs> you for the eighth time, and I'd be in the fucking corner with a butt plug in my ass, watching cartoons, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Trying to refuel. By the way, we have in-house studios We today. have guests. Drop we have guests, yay. We got my beautiful wife, Terry Clark. You know both of these brothers from the comedy store, you know? Yeah. Like, I knew Sabrina, right? 12 years ago, we've been friends. And her boyfriend, husband, I know him. He hired me for Arliss, you know? So it was really weird. This is like a little family in this group. Then yes, I got my that's true. voluptuous wife, who I was talking about sex. And I was saying that whenever my wife talks to me about sex sometimes, I get all fucking, I can't even deal with it. I yeah. get goofy. So every once in a while, like, you were saying that she should torture me with blood. Blood ain't shit. Because there's times I'm sitting there watching the movie and she'll say, hey, honey, you want to give me a stabbing? And my fucking insides will fall <laughs> apart. Like, I got to go smoke pot. I got to go have a drink. Like, I can't believe she's asking me that shit. You know what I'm saying? It's the worst. It's the worst. But I talk this big game, you know, because Felicia always asks me. She, yeah, she's always like, she's always like, what's the longest you've done it for? And I'm like, two minutes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Get the fuck out of a here. Minute and Two a half. minutes? A minute and a half or something. She was saying last week she orgasmed eight not times in one night. I'm like, listen, in the 10 years we've been together, Terry hasn't orgasmed eight times. In 10 years we've been together. You know? <laughs> Look, she's laughing. She knows I ain't lying. I'm horrible. I'm horrible. You know what I'm saying? And once she says something to me or picks up a leg or I see a foot, that's it. Yeah. Like my insides fucking go crazy. You know, and I want to, like, I want to fuck her every day. You know what I'm saying? But right. I'd be too embarrassed to ask. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, it's just too embarrassed. There's times I want to give her a stab, and I'm like, forget it. I'm too embarrassed to ask. That you know? is so funny. Or sometimes the cats are in the room. You don't want to fuck in front of your right. cats. You no, know what I'm saying? yeah. That's fucked up. You know? Yeah. Before, we are talking about my friend Ralphie May, right? He got busted. A lot of people are going to know this from TMZ. Right, and well, this and he got tomorrow, busted. So yes, he yes. got busted with a half ounce. He usually hides it under his fat. That's how I know he didn't know he had it. Because. <laughs> Ralphie May usually hides the bag of weeds under his fat. He picks up the fat and he puts the bag of weed under there and that's how he travels. Ralphie May was in Guam doing a a thing for those military bases and he was headed to Hawaii with his family. So early this morning he was headed to Hawaii and in one deep, deep, deep in his bag they found 14 grams of blue. And that's another thing, it was weighed. He hadn't even cracked it open. That's how I know. I know fucking Ralphie, bro. I'm telling you, he's he's the real deal. So we got into a little argument outside that, you know, how can you smoke pot when you it have It was all the kids? women against Joey. And yeah. We were like, it was with his family. Why did something. he do that? The more fucking kids I got, the more pot I'm going to fucking smoke. You understand me? <laughs> you understand me? The more fucking pot. The, I got cats and I smoke dope. I can't even imagine having kids. And, not, you know, so Ralphie Mays on the road. He's got his wife with him. He's got all these people traveling with him. You know what I'm saying? And they're like, well, he wasn't thinking about his kids. Fuck yeah. If I didn't have pot on me, I'd stab my fucking kids. You know what I'm saying? I am thinking about the kids. But the, 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 the you wouldn't stab him. You would just send him to timeouts constantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't <laughs> even raise cats. Do. I can't even get mad at my fucking cats. I know. I saw your cat that was at Joey's house on Friday, 
and and we're sitting in the in the computer room because Joey's computer uh, had the air has to be on or he can't use it for so long and it and it like no the, out. it overheats it, it was, overheats it was ninety degrees last week so the floors got really hot so for some reason when the computer it's a big computer if it's for games and shit like that for you to bomb the world with those games right. I just don't play those games right. and it's got this little fucking Mickey Mouse fan. You know those fans you take to a baseball game? Yeah. That's one of those. It's a fucking computer. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? This thing's on fire. The desk was fucking burning the other day. So yeah. my wife, the genius, said, put the air on and the computer will last longer, you know? So we're all in this little computer room and uh, uh, and crowded around the computer. Uh, and, and Joey lets the cat in and, and the cat sits for a minute and the door is closed. And the cat goes to the door, sits down for a second, puts his nose right on the door. And Joey automatically gets out, yes, baby, go outside. You know, and it's like, yeah, so if you had kids, you would be the biggest softie. No, ever. but you know why I ain't got to tell him? Because he'd break my balls. I can't get involved in some of the computer when I have a fucking cat scratching the door. That's what they do to you. Oh, yeah. So the whole time you're trying to fucking write something and you know there's a cat in the corner. He's not going to stop till you let him out. So why let the whole thing get started? Just oh, okay. let him the fuck out, throw him out now yeah. before it gets even worse. You know what right. I'm saying? But I was talking about how people were saying, like, how can you do it? That's publicity. You get caught with a bag of weed nowadays. That's publicity. I was talking about years ago, Queen Latifah was just a chubby black girl. She had done a couple movies. She did set it off, you know, and also she got pulled over on Sunset one night on a motorcycle with a fucking helmet on. Not a motorcycle, ladies, but a crotch rocket. Here's a, a crotch rocket when you're bent over. Oh, she, she weighs was. 300 fucking pounds on a crotch rocket. She does not because she's done the... the this was in 91. This okay, is 2001. Okay, right. <laughs> she had a half ounce of weed on her and a bag of fucking... And a gun. And ever since that, she got a three-picture deal from Fox. She's a fucking model for L'Oreal. She hosted, like, the Oscars or the Emmys or something. All because they caught her with a helmet on and a fucking and a gun and a little bit of weed. A little bit of weed never hurt nobody. Look at the Stones in 73 before It's Only Rock and Roll. Keith Richards got busted with heroin or something somewhere. The fucking album sales roared for that week. <laughs> Sometimes you got to get a little publicity. Not, not that negative. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, you could even plan it. Don't take a genius to plan it. Like, you bit slap somebody or something like that that deserves it. Like, with Jeff Valdez, I bit slap. That's good fucking publicity because everybody hated him. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Ain't nobody going to, fuck, you're the king. That's good publicity. It's bad publicity. You get caught getting fucked in the ass at a bus station. That's bad publicity. You know what I'm saying? That's George Michael. Freedom yeah. don't sound that yeah. good no more. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Right. But fucking some publicity is good. And Ralphie's a great guy. You know, we're talking about last comic and all those guys are in the grave and he's still ticking. It's got to be because he's like the Pied Piper of weed. You know, he goes to Iowa with some of this Blackberry Kush from fucking California. Those guys stop making meth when they smoke that shit. Yeah. They go crazy. <laughs> they, they put the tooth in and start smoking weed. You know what I'm saying? Fuck the meth. They put their party tooth in. and They put the party tooth in there. <laughs> That's really. all you need. <laughs> For a good time, glue in your party tooth and smoke some Ralphie Mae weed. That's right, bitches. <laughs> I don't want to talk about trendy things. Right. But if you looked at online, anybody who looked at it, had a computer this week and typed up Yahoo or Google, just look at the news they had to offer. The number one trending topic this week was Michael Vick. <clears throat> and since our show is about being optimistic and second chance and what we live through, right. I had to tell the people a lot about Michael Vick. Uh, you know, we have a lot of listeners in Ireland and Norway, and maybe you don't know about the NFL and what's going on. Everybody in the world heard about Michael Vick. You know, this guy was a tremendous football player, tremendous salary, had the career by the balls, 27 years old. But meanwhile, he was involved in something that happens to most college football players. You know, they hit rich when they're from college, and they bring their homies with them. Right. And sometimes, if you're a loyal motherfucker, you got to bring your homies with you. And one of the things he brought with him, you know, years ago when the Dallas Cowboys got in trouble with weed and stuff like that, it came out years later, that it was that these kids had homies, and the homies were borrowing money, and these guys were financing deals. Fucking the Dallas Cowboys were financing drug deals. And then they got busted, the guy in Pittsburgh. You bring your homies with you. Michael Vick happened to bring dogfighting. And one of the guys got busted, and he gave him up, and they you know, raided the farm, and they found all these dogs. And I was furious. You know, a guy like me that's an animal lover. But he was responsible. I mean, he had a dog that was fighting, wasn't he? Right. He had. He, had, he, he owned a dog farm. He owned a, yeah, okay. yeah, he owned a dog farm. All right, let's be clear. Uh, you know, was it was his homies and him. Yeah. yeah. And uh, all those, even when you finance, you know, if you're going to make 20000 a bag of weed, I'm taking a quarter ounce from me. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> Off the top. You know, there's got to be a little something for the mouse. You follow me? <laughs> so fucking same thing. Michael Vick right. enjoyed it. You know, it's a thing from the South. You know, it's a, it was a dirty secret from the South. And all of a sudden, these guys were doing it. And they got busted. And, the, you know, the country and the world was outraged. I mean, he was taking, I mean, the things I didn't like. I mean, I, don't even, I watched the special with my wife. We couldn't even finish it. 
We couldn't, if you're an special. animal, the, the HBO did a documentary on dog fighting off of oh, real right. sports. Oh, and they, they went to the South and showed this, these fucking guys with hats on, like your dog lost, and they walk them into the weeds and mm. shoot them with a gun. I mean, mm. this is just amazing, but the parts I didn't like where they were picking up people's stray dogs and tying their hands and then sticking the pit bulls on them uh. to make the dogs. It, it was hours of this. Right. This is hours of this abuse. Yeah, it's a terrible, terrible thing. And, and, uh, I mean, the only thing I do know about the story is that people were really pissed off oh, that Michael you, Vick was a part of this. Was a part of this. So, that, you know, he he went to jail. He did his fucking time. I was still furious. Well, a lot of people don't know that the Cuban population is a uh, Saint Saint Lazarus, and he's really Catholic, but he's got two dogs lipping him. He's a, he's a leper. I don't know if anybody has seen that statue of a saint. He's got two dogs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the two dogs lick, and you can't hit dogs when you honor that saint. You can't really mess with dogs. So... A lot of people don't know when they went to sentence him, there was prisons they couldn't even send him to because there were these Cuban populations that would have fucking sliced his neck. Atlanta and all those prisons, all those Cubans that came up in 79, they're Abaquas. They would have sliced his neck on the fucking spot. So they had a, like, this was just one of the weirdest things. You know, he, they sent them away. The fucking guy did his time. You know? Right. Then he comes out and they're not going to let him play in the NFL and he fights and they took all his money. I mean, they took everything. They took his mama's house, his fucking house. They took uh, $800,000 to, to pay for the dogs, which he, he paid. And then I heard he gave an additional $2 million to the dogs. He did his 27 months in fucking prison. Listen, 27 months. Yeah, that's... That's a long fucking time. Or 16 months or something. Anything after three days is a long fucking time in prison. Yeah. You understand me? So he did his time. He came out. People were still protesting. And the NFL signed him. I thought he was definitely going to go to the Oakland Raiders. Philadelphia signed him and people booed him and he kept fucking showing up every Sunday and he kept showing up every Sunday with a smile on his face and he was optimistic like you say to be in life and I looked at him a couple times and I was like I turned the motherfucking channel I was so you pissed. were that mad I was pretty upset like yeah. that, that that you know and then I heard uh, Dana White say something he said he had a Michael Vick hat on Dana White from UFC. The UFC said, yeah. and stop picking on fucking Dana, you know, Michael Vick. He paid his due to society. He did his time, and now he's playing, you know. So something happened where he went to Philadelphia to play. To, he went back to his old team, to Atlanta. Right. And people were saying they were going to boo him and shit. Uh, the the uh, Philadelphia organization told him not to take the trip. My wife didn't even know. My wife was taking a nap. I went around the corner to that bar across from Coenga and stood outside and made sure I wanted to watch what people were watching. And I watched him walk out with his fucking head held high. Like, he didn't give a fuck. He had his helmet. He was smiling. People were booing him and shit. He walked out. He played. He threw a touchdown, I think, in Atlanta, you know, and his whole thing. And right after that, like, I fell in love with him again. Because I said, you know what? I was, even about the dogs, I felt bad about the dogs. But where would we be without a second chance? Right. I mean, where the fuck would we be? Yeah. And they gave the guy a second chance. And he did his time. He did his time. He, did his he time. paid. You know, he went a little bit above. He realized what his the fuck he did. His mama was pissed at him. His mama was pissed at him. You know, <laughs> I mean, she lost a motherfucking house. Yeah, when you lose People your house, couldn't fucking pick no he more. Was like, I want to go to prison because yeah. my mama Mama's going to fuck me up. Me. <laughs> she couldn't do Campbell's Soups commercials no more. You know what I'm saying? But it's really weird. Like, I was so pissed. And I caught myself one day being like a hypocrite, going, how can I be pissed at him when. How many fucking chances was I given as a man? You know what I'm saying? And, and, and you know, even now, I, I look back at all the shit I did. And you, you look back when you're 40 and 50, and you say to yourself, well, you know, you, you look back, and you think, like, you had three different lives. You know, it's like, fuck, I've had this life, but I really ha I had that life when I was living with my mother. Then I had the criminal life. Then I had a life alone. Then I had a life with Terry. Like, you have four lives, you know? Right. And I bet one day when he's 40, he's going to look at that and go, that was my life back then. That's a fucking different Michael Vick, you know? Right. But, I, you know, we forget that sometimes we're all are hypocr we're, we're hypocrites. We all like, are Like, I was hypocrites. fucking furious yeah. at him. I mean, look, I still get mad about the dogs. I was furious. But you got to give the guy a second chance. So... This year, like, he's tearing that fucking league up. Right. Today, he got hurt. They, they broke his... Uh. Yeah, they finally got him. Because he's, he's a quarterback that moves. So once they get hip to him, though, and they hurt him today, they fucked up his ribs, and they lost against uh, with the other guy, the fucking other black guy that went over to Washington, whatever. But the point being that, you know what, man? I was mad. I gave him a second chance, and you should fucking too. And this is this show is about second chances. This show man. is totally about second chances. So I'm, uh, I'm really, glad you feel pretty fiercely about that. Yeah, because I feel pissed that I was mad at him for that long. I don't think you should feel pissed because fuck him. He had to uh, own up, and he did. But he also had to convince 
uh, people to get back in on the magic, and it looks like he has. Well, fuck yeah. it. Because once know you fuck up or once you go through a terrible period like that, you have to uh, stand up and hold your head up high and uh, ho- hopefully get people back in, right? Well, it's just amazing that the biggest thing after you do something like that is copying to it. Oh, yeah. Nothing bothers me more when I see people not cop to something because that was me 20 years ago. You know, well, you hit him. Yeah, but he uh, he did one more line of coke than I did. You know what I'm saying? There was right. always something. You know, it, was, it wasn't just that you fucked up. And I remember when I got locked up, they said that, that I wasn't a bad person, that I would never re- re- recidivism. Is that the word? I would never really go back to jail. But they said that I wasn't uh, remorseful enough. Right. That I didn't have enough remorse. I didn't know what the fuck that meant, you know? Dude, that's what I tell my kids all the time. And and by the way, I don't cop to shit where my kids are like, you know, looking at me like, you bitch, you better cop to this shit. <laughs> because, you know what I mean? But everyone can take that uh, as an example to whatever is going on in your life because totally when I get mad at my kids, it's because they don't cop to shit. And they're, you know what I mean? But Just, they're fucking kids. They're not supposed to cop to I nothing. I know, but I'm yelling at them a hundred fucking times, Joey. Like, cop to this. Listen, I when I was a so- kid, I used to shit my underwears. And my mom used to say, who the fuck shit your underwears? And, I, and they were my underwears, and I'd still say it wasn't me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> when you're a kid, you don't cop the dick. What's wrong with you, Felicia? When you're under 15, you don't cop the dick. You know what I'm saying? Everybody in this room stole booze from their parents. And they marked the bottle, and we looked them straight in the eye and said, I wouldn't do that. Everybody in this, pe- you know, everybody was missing a Playboy magazine, or dad was missing a fucking, everybody in this fucking room lied to their fucking parents and didn't cop to nobody. Do you understand me? I'm sorry I interrupted you, but that subject just had me all fucked up. You don't cop to nothing till you're about 23. You know what I'm saying? You don't cop the dick till they're asking you to. So the guy's like, did you suck his dick? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know if you sucked his dick? Either you sucked his dick or you didn't. You know what I'm saying? And the same thing with women. They're like, did you sleep with her? I don't know. What the fuck? You know what I'm saying? Either you fucked her or you didn't. Well, we rubbed it. No. So you got to cop to this shit now. But it's not, it's not only about copying to the shit, but it's also his example of he, uh, he sh- he's shown remorse, right? He has, right? Yes, he's shown a lot of remorse. And, I, and you know what? A lot of people just talk. A lot of people go up there and thank the Lord. and blah, blah, blah. He didn't say none of that shit. Yeah. He went up there like a man. I looked at him with that suit on, and he just fucking dropped it. And when they released him, I was still pissed at him. And I, I got really pissed because I found out the first night he was out of jail, he went to a strip club. I was fucking furious. You know, I was. He's a guy that's Try. trying. Why would you be furious? Because be you're, he's a guy that's trying to rebuild his image. A strip club is not the place to fucking hang Look, out. Look, if I've been in jail for 27 months, I'd want to go to a fucking strip club. But he didn't go to the pound. He didn't go to the pound. I'd be pissed if he went to the pound. I would have gone to the pound and pet the fucking dogs. You know what I'm saying? I would have gone to the pound and put a dollar in all their collars. You know what I'm saying? So let's talk about. Uh, the event. The event is on. 10-10-10. Doors open at 9. I'm undecided whether or not we're going to do a podcast. I'm taping my live CD. It's a $10 donation. All right? I don't know about the booze yet, but we'll figure it out. You know, uh, by the time you listen to this, I'll post it on Twitter. And if you want to come, you know, your family, just uh, send me uh, how many people you want and uh, figure and it out. And where is it taking place It's at? taking place at 833 North La Brea in between... Hell and Melrose. In between Target on Santa Monica and Melrose on the uh-huh. right-hand side, if you're going down, it's Sal's Comedy Hole. I do not have a number because uh, Don't even is, call Sal's. This uh, is a special event. Uh, you should email us at beautyandthebeastpodcast at gmail.com so that we can get everyone on the guest list. Everyone is on the guest Everybody's list. Everybody's on the guest yeah. list. We only have 120, so don't fuck around. Yeah. If you don't have a babysitter, I don't give a fuck. Leave yeah. your wife at home. But don't fuck around. Don't if think you're, you're on my come. Facebook, Facebook me, we'll put you on the list. Facebook you, we'll put you on the list. Or email us. Or, or most importantly, on your Twitter, even hit Joey back on Twitter, right? Right, I'm back on Twitter. And, and we don't want, you know, people saying, oh, we're going to come. And then, you know what I mean? I mean, we understand it's shit happens. It's only 120 seats. Yeah, but if you're, if you're going to come, uh, definitely for sure let us know. But, don't, you know, but if uh, you're my second cousin and you've asked me to come to 53 shows and you've never been to one, don't fucking call. So you interviewed Sabrina this afternoon? I interviewed Sabrina this afternoon. How'd that go? You have a good time? You know what? Uh, uh, we had a good time. I actually interviewed her yesterday, but I screwed it up technically because sometimes uh, uh, I'm not that savvy. But uh, and uh, we had a great time, and, and we talked about a lot of stuff. You know, Sabrina... Uh, 
I don't know if you know Sabrina's whole story. When she was 15 years old, her sister, older sister, started dating Sam Kinison. And uh, Sabrina came from a very uh, hectic uh, life uh, growing up. And, uh, uh, and she found herself in a situation where it was better for her to go be uh, with her sister at the age of 15. And Sam Kinison, which is fucking crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I remember meeting Sabrina when I was 22 and she was 15. And, uh, 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 you know, looking at her in the midst of all the Sam Kinison craziness. And... Uh, you know, uh, thinking, wow, what's that like? And so we talked about her journey of being around uh, uh, this uh, white-hot circle of craziness and debauchery and, and, and her decision on, uh, on when and why to leave it. So it's, it's, it's going to be a good interview. I'm going to tell you, my Sabrina. Sabrina story, you know. Okay. I came from Seattle. I went right to the comedy store because that's where you go point blank. Like maybe my third week there, I meet Sabrina on a Sunday night. We're outside. We start talking, and she's very sweet. And she's very nice, and whatever, you know. And then uh, we ended up going to the same acting class. We were both going to Ivana Chubbuck, you know, a couple nights with my wife. Not in the same class, but we were all there, and we'd see each other and talk and bullshit, blah, blah, blah. And I'd see Sabrina, and she'd go on stage and talk to Mitzi, and I'd never put it together. And one day you're at home. You're, you're stoned. You're on your couch, you know, and you're watching uh, Hollywood, whatever the fuck, you know. E true Hollywood story. Right. And right. I'm watching Kennison and all of a sudden I'm looking at this girl and I'm like, I know her. I'm like, no, it's the weed. You know, and I'm like, no, I know her. And I'm like, that's fucking Sabrina. You know, I had known th Sabrina for three years, you know, and uh, she never mentioned it. She had never mentioned it to me. Never. I never knew anything about who her sister was. I just knew her as a comic and I had right. respect for her. She was always uh, a sweet girl. And when I seen that, I liked her more. Because right. anytime I know if I was on stage with fucking Kennison, with spandex on, I'd have a fucking shirt on telling motherfuckers, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you better recognize, bitches. Oh, Fuck you and oh, your three minutes. Me. I was on stage with Kennison, <laughs> one of the top five comics of all fucking time. Yeah. And she never pulled rank on me. She never yeah. even mentioned it. Yeah. And when I seen her and then we bumped into each other, like we, we didn't see each other for a while, you know, and then we seen each other one night at the Laugh Factory. And she, I didn't know she was with Alan, and I hugged Alan, and Alan gave me one of my best jobs ever because he hired me f for one line with James Coburn. Oh, fuck. Oh, really? Oh, fuck. Oh, oh fuck, you know? And, uh, you know, like, he called me in. I seen him at the producer's session, and he gave me a wink. And then, like, a couple, six months before that, he seen me at the store, and he came up to me one night, and him and Charlie Hill came up to me, and they go, bro, we were watching you in the main room. It was one in the morning, and you were up there fighting for your life, and you were giving us belly laughs. Nine people got it. Like, he gave me, he goes, bro, keep doing what you're doing. Don't switch. Stay dirty. You know, they right. were like, fuck it, go for it. And then six months later, I'm walking into a producer's session with a piece of turd coming out of my ass. You know, right, it's a right. producer's session. One yeah. line. I didn't know it was James Coburn. And I go in there, and I get it, and it's a delivery guy, and then they canceled it. They canceled it, and then they paid me. Then they canceled it again. They paid me again. And then I'm going to Tempe, and sure enough, you're shooting that Monday. So I had to do my Sunday show and drive all night. Well, that night is when the agent said, she goes, you know who you're shooting with? You know why they canceled it? You're shooting it with James Coburn. Wow. So I don't have to fucking tell you which. I chased him once on Sunset. when He he, he had an NSX, and I'm trying to chase him with an 89 Nissan five-speed <laughs> at the light. I'm trying to chase him, cutting him off, and I'm trying to get his attention. That's fucking James Coburn. Right. He has direct lineage to Bruce Lee. Yeah. There's nothing better than that yeah. shit. That's direct lineage to Bruce Lee. He was one right. of the students. He knew what he was thinking. He he wrote his book with him, you know. So it was just a day in paradise. And 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 I'll tell you what, for Alan doing that for me, if it's me and Alan against the world and he's got a knife and I got a knife, so be it. That's right. how I am. He introduced me to somebody I, I dreamt of when I came from Cuba and I watched Armand Flint. You're like, that's fucking... And then when you see him carrying... Bruce Lee's casket, I would have sucked his dick. Yeah. I mean, I would have sucked his dick. No problem. And right. I'm not ashamed to say that. Call me a fag. Hey, I'm a fag. I suck James Coburn's dick, bitch. <laughs> Whose dick have you sucked lately? You know what I'm saying? That's direct juice from Bruce Lee, Steve right. McQueen. You, that's good sperm. That ain't no fucking ratty sperm that might go to a rehab or nothing like that. Those are the last of the real fucking Mohicans. Right. And he had crooked hands from the arthritis, you know? And I remember we were doing our scene, and we were doing our scene, and then towards the end of the day, I couldn't take it. And I said to him, I'm going to cry. I said to him, uh, uh, 
about Bruce Lee. And his fucking eyes just got teary-eyed. And it was me, him, and Arliss. And his eyes. And Arliss looked at me like, did you just strike a chord? And he's like, nah. He goes, I was thinking about him this morning on the ride here. That was how much he loved Bruce Lee. He wow, loved Bruce Joey. Lee. Just the fact that you shared that and your eyes watered Fuck out. yeah. That's, that makes my eyes oh, water that's, this is this is what it's all about, wow. Jeff. James motherfucking Coburn. I got to spend a day with him. And I had done a movie with him once before, American Gun. But I only seen him for two minutes. Listen, he was 60-something, 70-something. Yeah. The first night I'm shooting American Gun, we shot it by the old bowling alley on Melrose out there. Remember that old, disgusting, where they shot a bunch of movies? Right, yeah. That old bowling, we shot in the back of that. They tore it down now. And we shot in the back of that, and they go, go in and check in. And when I walked in to check in, oh, I'm going to cry. James Colburn was sitting there with an AD on his lap, with an AD on his lap, with a beer in his hand, and a joint in the other. Just sitting there going, hey, man, pick up a beer. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I don't drink or do drugs. Like the oh, faggot shit. that I am. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I did a scene where I sold a gun. It got cut from the movie. But afterward, he came up to me. He's like, kid, you got to stop going to acting class because it's ruining you. You have natural instincts. Like he was one of those guys. He was one of those guys. So that was the taste. And I had to leave. Like I couldn't, I couldn't suck his dick that night. There were too many people. You know what I'm right, saying? Right. At Arliss, I could have sucked his dick. Right. And nobody would ever know. <laughs> Alan would have quietly turned the yeah. lights down, closed nobody the door, you know blocked it from people. I would only suck three dicks. I would suck Steve McQueen's dick easy. Right. I would suck Bruce Lee's dick, and I would lick Bruce Lee's balls <laughs> after he shot into the dragon. You know what I'm saying? I'd want that DNA on my tongue. You know what I'm saying? And James Colburn. That's the only three dicks I would suck. After that, I ain't sucking no other dick. Well, you know what's funny is that when I was interviewing uh, Sabrina, I said to Sabrina, because Sabrina has a great Ted Nugent story, and... uh, What? Charles Bronson's dick, too. I would suck four dicks. Joey's (laughs) wife just said, Honey, honey, remember you would suck Charles Bronson's dick, too. Don't forget, 10, 10, 10, the Beauty and the Beast CD, Joey Diaz, live taping at Sal's Comedy Hall, 833 North La Brea. Doors open at 9. There'll be a $10 donation. Email us back, whether it's on the Beauty and the Beast page or whether it's on my Facebook or Felicia's Facebook. Let us know how many people are coming. And we'll confirm with you one way or the other, like by Thursday or Friday. Yes, and also on your Twitter. So, uh, by the way, don't just show up without uh, uh, not giving us your name because you have to be on a it's list. It's a special event. Special event. So the problem is there's only 120 seats. Tickets are going fast. I think we've already got rid of 62 tickets. So we got maybe another 58 tickets left or something like that. So, And I got comps, so people, hurry the hell up. Yes, email us at beautyandthebeastpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget, there's no work the next day. So you come out, let your hair loose, you get drunk, you get a DUI, you don't have to be at work till Tuesday. So come on out and have a great time. Felicia will be there. We're going to give away stuff. We're going to have a raffle. You know the deal. Yes, yes, we're definitely going to do that. Thank you. This was a great podcast today. Thank you, my love. Have a great week, people. Stay black and be safe. Mm -hmm.